The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. one 800 913 Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two underway. The Chris Salcedo Show. Glad you've tuned in, folks. Uh, glad, glad you have made the program because of what we're about ready to talk about, the reaction now to terrorism. We, we, we detailed this some, somewhat yesterday. Remember when, during the era of Obama, whenever there was a terrorist attack, President Obama and the Democrat Party decided to point their fingers at us and tell us, well, you're just Islamophobic. <laughs> As bits and pieces of our loved ones and relatives and countrymen lay on the ground. It was our fault, you see. Katie Hopkins, she is a British columnist, tired of being told that their citizens' lives don't matter. They, they matter less than the jihadists. And I played some of this before I interviewed the, uh, the congressman, but let me play in its entirety her, her sentiments in total because I think they're very powerful. I do think I speak for people who recognize that we're making choices in this country. We chose to let a jihadi back in and we chose, therefore, for our little girls to be slaughtered. We choose to protect the human rights of jihadis, 3,000 of whom are roaming those streets because their human rights matter more. We're defending that over our small babies. And I think many mothers like me, many fathers, many normal people, perhaps, uh, just feel that we've had enough now. We've had enough. We're tired of buying into the narrative that we're strong and the jihadis are weak. No, we've been knocked down. We've been trampled on. And I think the general population is fed up with being treated so awfully. We want jihadists out of this country or locked up. They cannot have rights over our sons and daughters. Oh, but they do. They do. They do. And there are plenty of left-wingers who will go to the mat for the rights of jihadists. And we've seen them. We know who they are. We know what their M.O. is. Now I take you to North Texas. For those of you who are not familiar with this part of the country, North Texas is the geographical area Dallas and Fort Worth are the two major cities. And they constitute a massive broadcast area. It's where the Blaze is headquartered. In the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And it constitutes the fifth largest radio market in the country. That's what's counted. What's not counted is the 
the signal in this part of the country from either radio or television, it carries across several states, including the station I'm on, WBAP, in Dallas-Fort Worth. So it's, it's, it's a very powerful market in the country. It's the middle of the country. It hits several states, as does this television station. It's CBS 11. Now, CBS 11 is, a, is an owned and operated uh, station by the CBS corporate folks in, in New York. And I used to work here. So my, I want to encapsulate my critique of this reporting that you're about ready to hear. In the, in the vein of constructive criticism and instruction on how to be more fair and more balanced in your news coverage. Because as you're going to hear, there is definitely a tilt to the way these individuals are covering a sheriff who, after seeing what happened in Manchester, decided he'd jump on Twitter and comment. That remarks made by a North Texas sheriff about the bombing in Manchester, raising some eyebrows tonight, and it is not the first time he's made controversial remarks. Our Marianne Martinez live at the Denton County Sheriff's Office tonight. So, first off, you're, you're, you've already heard from the main anchor. Now, chances are the anchor didn't write that particular lead up to the piece that the lead up to the piece was written by the reporter sent back to the station for the anchor to read. So they've already classified his current comments as controversial. Uh, They, they lumped his current comments in with past comments he has made and they've labeled it. They've given it a label controversial. And that has a rather negative connotation. Does it not? Well, Kaylee, Denton County Sheriff Tracy Murphy is not backing away from his comments. He says he knows he has his critics, but he also has a lot of supporters, and they happen to be his voters. I've never shied away from from uh, telling you my beliefs or how I feel about things. I'm, I'm not politically correct. Over a thousand comments reacting to what Denton County Sheriff Tracy Murphy has to say about the Manchester bombing. This is what happens when you disarm your citizens, when you open your borders without the proper vetting, when you allow political correctness to dictate how you respond to an enemy who... Let me just stop really quick. It, it, much of this is true. The UK has been disarmed. They are like lambs to the slaughter. The UK has leaders, decidedly left-wing, who have opened up their country to radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists without insisting on assimilation. These are all truisms. Now, do you, do you regard what the sheriff is saying as controversial? Or do you regard what this elected leader is saying as somewhat refreshing? Now, I can contrast this county sheriff with the travis county sheriff who's all about letting illegals illegal alien felons back on the streets contrast that that's that's in the same state of texas folks so here is uh more of mr murphy's comments as dictated by a cbs reporter you respond to an enemy who wants to kill you when you allow these radicals to travel to afghanistan and iran and simply let them back in i'm an elected official i ran on a conservative republican platform so i don't think it should be any uh 
surprise to anyone. His public post also says, what will it take? This happening at a concert in Dallas or a school in Denton County. If we don't do something quick, this country will die of political correctness and the fear that someone's feelings might get hurt. Now, political correctness, there is a pendulum that is swinging back the other way that is really resentful of liberal extremist Democrats who use the PC, the political correctness, to stifle debate. And the generation of snowflakes and of buttercups that they are that they are raising in our schools who can't handle opposing points of view who have instead they they get violent they throw molotov cocktails and they become abusive and and harm others because others say things that they don't agree with this is the this is the result of this political correctness the american left has wielded with abandon and now they can't control the individuals they've inspired at the time of Murphy's post, nothing was known about the person behind the attack, only that he was a suspected suicide bomber. Now remember, he's supposed to have said something controversial. So here's where the CBS reporter says that Mr. Murphy stepped out of line. You see, he had no way of knowing that it was a radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorist, even though everything we were seeing had and hearing had the hallmarks of a jihadi attack. But you can't say it. You can't. So what the, basically what this report has boiled down to is that this reporter is saying that this elected official was irresponsible, even though we ended up being 100 percent accurate based on knowledge and experience. <laughs> uh, it was unacceptable for him to jump the gun. And that's the main crux of this story. Well, he jumped the gun. He didn't know. And he went out there and jumped on Twitter. ISIS had not taken responsibility for the attack until this morning. Many details about the bomber and his possible link to ISIS are still unknown. Now, here is where the reporter is supposed to show balance. Well, you haven't heard it in the first one minute and 43 seconds. But they're supposed to, to have some actual people they've interviewed on the street. One who is a detractor, perhaps of the sheriff and one who's a supporter of the sheriff. So let's see how CBS 11 did. He probably needs to get his uh, facts straight a little bit more before he makes comments like that. In 2016, when Murphy... No, wait a minute. Uh, I, I heard a detractor in there. Did you? ...link to ISIS are still unknown. He probably needs to get his uh, facts straight a little bit more before he makes comments like that. And then nothing else. So what is the, what is the impression left in the viewer the impression is well this guy had cbs 11 the cbs owned and operated property couldn't find anybody in denton county and in north texas who would support these outlandish statements of this sheriff that was the that was the desired effect from what i would say was unfair reporting in 2016, when Murphy was a candidate for sheriff, he was asked about transgender bathrooms. He said that uh, men who identify as women and use women's restrooms should end up in the hospital. He later apologized for those remarks. Now, in the interest of helping, in the interest of, of and, and perhaps this reporter was on deadline, perhaps this reporter didn't have the ability to go around and talk to people and, and show the statement that the sheriff had said. And the only person she could find was a detractor. 
Well, we jumped on the air today and we asked folks what they thought, good, bad, or indifferent, and what they thought about the the sheriff. And uh, I will play <laughs> what we heard and also talk with the sheriff here coming up next. It's the Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. The Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, glad you tuned in, everybody. So, th- the reason I, uh, I I gave I went through that story is I want you to be able to watch your local newscasts and to be able to to detect stories like this that have a clear agenda and a clear bias, and be able to identify them, flag them, and go, you know what, and either watch or don't watch, or call up the station and say, what was that? What was that? Where's the balance? Where's the where's the other side? And you didn't hear much of it in that story. From now, you heard the sheriff's perspective, but again, the reporter's agenda was very clear, and that CBS owned and operated station agenda was very clear that this sheriff said something that was controversial, and then at the end, that was the exclamation point. The exclamation point was. Oh, they only found one guy who could say a bad thing about the sheriff. And they couldn't find anybody else. Well, this was how <laughs> this was how I, I got Tracy Murphy on the phone earlier and we were able to find some folks. Have a listen to this. He probably needs to get his uh, facts straight a little bit more before he makes comments like that. Uh, that was from last night. CBS 11's reporting on what Sheriff Denton County Sheriff Tracy Murphy had to say. And what turned out to be an incredibly accurate, inc- incredibly strong stance against uh, radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorism and also the wacky policies that have led to us being more vulnerable to said. Apparently, uh, CBS 11 could only find one guy up there in Denton County who wanted to, to trash on the, <laughs> on, the sh- on the good sheriff. Denton County Sheriff Tracy Murphy joining me on the phone right now. Sheriff, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing? It is a pleasure first, sir, to have you on the program and an honor to have you on the program. Uh, This liberty-loving Latino appreciated very much what you had to say, and I wanted to play something for you right off the bat. We took some phone calls earlier in the show. uh, And in in the effort of helping out, in in the interest of fairness and balance, and, you know, if if CBS 11 wants to update their story and include some positive aspects about what you had to say, this this audio is available for them. And I wanted you to hear it, Sheriff. Go ahead, guys. Fire that off. Well, uh, I think the good Sheriff is 100% correct. Yeah, he's spot on. Oh, 100% agree. Uh, I'm going to make sure that I vote for him in the next election. I agree 100% with what the Sheriff said. 
So there you go, Sheriff. Uh, I, I think there are some folk, more than a few folks out there who agree with exactly what you had to say, not being politically correct and standing up for what many believe is common sense and right. Absolutely. And, you know, and the uh, what I received in return is 99 percent positive, Chris. And, and uh, you know, the loud minority uh, who has nothing better to do but uh, throw profanities at me and attack me personally. Uh, I, I don't pay much attention to that. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's time that, that and, I, and I mean this, that political correctness, if we continue down this road, uh, it's, it's going to be the end of us. Now, I have two questions. Uh, the first question is, in your capacity as a law enforcement officer, seeing the posture that is over in the U.K. in regards to who they're letting into their country and, in my opinion, the lackluster uh, processes they use to verify these people's identity, and also what's, what many uh, of a particular political persuasion here in the United States want to emulate that backward idea. Uh, from a law enforcement perspective, how much harder does it make your job? It's a, it's a disaster. It's, if they can't look at Europe and see what's happened to Europe over the past 20 years and see what it's turned into, then uh, I, I don't get it. And, and they, they want to uh, uh, just open our borders or do away with borders altogether and, and everybody walk away hand in hand. And, and that's a great concept and it's wonderful. But when the person on the other side wants to kill you, that makes it a little more difficult. And that makes your job a lot more difficult, yes? Absolutely, it does. Yeah. The second question I have for you, have you considered running for Speaker of the Texas House? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just, just throwing it out there. Just saying. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I have not thought about that. Yeah, uh, well, it's probably, it's, probably, it's probably good you're in your capacity right now as Denton County Sheriff keeping people safe. Because, because you, you might be overqualified to do, uh, especially with the current, the current guy who's in there. Hey, I really appreciate you carving out time. I know you're busy, and, uh, and I just want to to let you know the Chris Salcedo Show backs you 100%. And thank you for being here, and thank, for, thank you for doing what you do and, and, and saying what needs to be said. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate your support, and uh, uh, it, it means a lot to me, and, and I thank you. i got to give you guys a little background, too, on the crack about the, <laughs> the Speaker of the Texas House. For those, you guys, l- Let me just tell you, there is a guy by the name of Joe Strauss in Texas. He is the Barack Obama of Texas, and he calls himself a Republican. Let me, let me tell you what kind of caliber of man this guy is. If the, if Texas was majority Democrat, he'd be Democrat. If Texas was majority independent, he'd be an independent. If Texas was majority, it, it, it is majority Republican, so he's a Republican. That's the level of conviction that this man brings to the table. And he bends over backwards to accommodate the minority. As a matter of fact, he gives Democrats an inordinate amount of say, not commensurate with the representation inside of the Texas House. Uh, you, for all of you who are tempted to believe that things are really good in the state of Texas and compared to California and Chicago and Illinois, they really are. Chicago, Illinois and, and New York, uh, they really are. Uh, we've got a great Senate, a great governor. It's just the Texas House that is that filled with a bunch of individuals who are, who really by anybody's description are just Democrats. They're just Democrats. And one of them is in charge of the place. So, uh, 
you, you, and the reason, again, this is also relevant to our discussion because I, I've got to tell you, you've got to find these people and you've got to ferret them out. You've got to get rid of them. If somebody like that guy, the Barack Obama of Texas, can exist in Texas, can exist anywhere, they run the entire dang state out there in California and New York and Illinois and just choose your left-wing bastion state of Washington, Oregon. So you've got to ferret these people out and recognize they're not in it for you. They're not doing it for you. You can't, you can't undertake uh, processes and, and policies that lead to what we saw in Europe and say, oh, I'm in it for the safety of the American people. You're not. You know, uh, if I have time to get into it today, folks, Mick Mulvaney is drawing all kinds of fire from leftists that, oh, they're so upset about the budget that puts that, that puts not only those who government helps in a sympathetic light, but also those who are paying the money. Do you know extremist libs, Democrats, they go after your money and they go after your money and they go after your money and they never once say thank you. You recognize that? They never once say thank you for the American taxpayer for busting his or her ass so that somebody else could get their hard-earned money. All they want, you know, all liberals and Democrats, you know what they say? They say, give us more so we can continue to be elected. Jack Buckby on the ground in the UK, folks. He's up next on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The perpetrator was Salman Ramadan Abidi, a 22-year-old who was born and brought up in Britain. And as the emergency services have confirmed throughout the day, his victims were innocent children, young people, and their families. Our thoughts and prayers are with them all. There's Theresa May identifying the, the attacker, a radicalized Islamic fundamentalist, jihadist who was allowed to come back into Great Britain uh, even after visiting a terrorist hotbed. And that's where we start our conversation with Jack Buckby. He is, of course, the press officer for the British conservative political party, Liberty GB. He was also illegally expelled from university for discussing problems of political correctness at university, jihad and multiculturalism. Jack is the author of the brand new, a co-author of the brand new book, A Paradoxical Alliance. Jack, welcome back to the Chris Salcedo Show. Thanks for having me back, Chris. Uh, the aftermath of the UK bombing. I told folks about a tweet from somebody, I believe she's over here in the States, uh, who said that while, while there are children who are picking out pieces of human debris out of their hair, there are folks over in the UK, and dare I say over here across the Atlantic in the United States, who are consumed with, uh, with preventing Islamophobia. What is the reaction on the ground over there in the UK? Are, are these pacifist voices winning the day? Are these, these disarming voices winning the day? Or have the British people had enough? 
No, I think they're winning. Again, um, what we've seen is, well, one of the first things that we saw happen was a huge vigil that took place in Manchester. And a lot of people look at these things and quite um, naively, I think, look at them and think, well, that's thousands of people coming together to stand up to Islam, uh, sorry, to, to Islamic terrorism. But then the thing is here, Chris, these thousands of people in Manchester that came together to stand up to Islam, who claim that they are not cowed and they won't back down, that they'll just keep calm and carry on, they're going to go home, and in a couple of weeks, uh, on June the 8th, they're going to vote for the Labour Party, or they're going to vote for another party that's pro-immigration. And um, these vigils solve nothing. I mean, it's all very well and nice coming together and to mourn the dead, but nothing is actually happening. And we've seen it with Theresa May. She's telling us we won't be cowed, we'll just keep on as we were months ago, literally two months ago, the 22nd of March, um, when a, 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 a man ran over multiple people on Westminster Bridge and stabbed a cop to death. Yeah, you know, I was watching uh, MSNBC the other day, who was interviewing a young lady who had been a survivor of this terrorist attack in Manchester. And she, now she was young, granted, she said, you know, she couldn't remember the last time a terrorist attack had happened in the UK. And I would rationalize that if she can't remember the last time a terrorist attack happened in the UK that affected her directly as this one did. Yeah. But but to me, this is the success of the propaganda arm of of those individuals, as you say, who call who call themselves this this open door, not no insistence on assimilation type policy. There's allowed yeah. this kind of stuff, and it's it's the folks in your press who seem to be committed to keeping your people in the dark as to the true nature of the threat. And, and, and I, think you're, you, I think you're absolutely right there. And yeah. it's not just the press. Um, it, uh, there's actually a section in the book that I've written um, that talks about this. And the press is essentially being aided by the police. So in 2016, um, new government legislation called Action Against Hate, the UK government's plan for tackling hate crime. Um, it's also called just the Hate Crime Action Plan. That was brought in in 2016. And the, the intention seemed all very, you know, fair and decent and good. And it was to make sure that people who were victims of genuine hate crimes, genuine crimes where they were attacked physically and in a horrible manner because of who they are, that these people were not afraid to come to the police and talk. Now, uh, when um, applied across the board all the time throughout the year, that's fine with me. But what we actually found is the Crown Prosecution Service and New Scotland Yard, which runs the Metropolitan Police, um, they said that actually they only implement this law after what they call a trigger event. So a trigger event would be the Westminster attack or the Manchester attack. And when they implement this policy after these attacks, they are manufacturing spikes in hate crimes. So it's not being reported across the board. And then that goes to the press and the pr press report, instead of talking about the threat that we face from Islamic terror and mass immigration, that suddenly the press are now talking about, isn't it terrible that all these Muslims are being attacked by the evil English people straight after a terror attack? <laughs> these, it, these spikes are completely manufactured by the police. Now, whether they intend to do that or not, I don't know, but I don't think that's really the point. Yeah. I think the point is that the media use this against us. And it's also striking that perhaps you should implement these programs to prevent such attacks. It seems to me that the UK has yeah. set itself on a course that says, well, we're just going to we're, we're going to relegate ourselves to cleanup duty uh, and continue these nonsensical, as, as you call it, mass immigration with no insistence on insistence on assimilation. Those who come into the UK, there is no insistence that they become British 
citizens mm-hmm. and loyal to Britain. And basically all the authorities there have relegated themselves to doing is cleaning up the mess afterwards. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And um, now we've got uh, 5,000 troops, armed, armed forces troops, coming onto the streets of England for, I think, the first time in maybe two decades. Um, we, they've taken over the security at Buckingham Palace, at Downing Street, um, uh, at the Palace of Westminster. And Theresa May stands up and tells us that we will not be cowed, we will not be defeated. We're already defeated, and she doesn't have to worry because she's surrounded by security. The people that need to worry are the working class people who have been telling Theresa May and the government and our politicians for years. It's the working class people who have been affected by the, the multiculturalism, the enforced multiculturalism that has resulted in working class people living with terrorists. Yeah. They've been telling the government this for tens, tens of years now, and we've been brushed off as racist, Islamophobes, and I, honestly, at this point, I can't see anything changing. It's truly a terrifying point. And one final thing I would say, actually, is that if Trump's travel ban had been implemented in the UK, then this man would not have been allowed back into the UK from Libya two weeks ago, and this attack would, have, would not have happened. Jack Buckby, our guest right now, he's the author of the brand new book, A Paradoxical Alliance. What is the, what is the basic thrust of the, of the book, Jack? Well, I think the, the, the basic thrust of the book is something that we've all kind of noticed for years, um, and that's how the left is working with Islamists and, and Islamic groups like uh, Linda Sarsour's kind of people um, for a very long time. But there seems to be no real um, uh, similarities between the values that the left promote and which the Islamists promote. The only thing they share in common is the hatred of the West. And what and, and and their desire to destroy the West. And my confusion came before writing this book: is well, where does that end? Um, if the left and Islamists are going to be working together to destroy the West, do the left think that the second war will be with the Islamists and that the left will win? It's not going to happen. So this book is exploring the co- uh, collaboration between the left and Islam, not just in the U.S. but also in the U.K. So uh, for American authors who want to understand. Um, how this has happened to the UK and what you guys need to avoid, I've listed it quite um, chronologically within the book. And uh, I think it's quite a telling telling tale. Well, the, the thing about it is, and, and many of the folks who subscribe to that, that ideology or belief, uh, leftists or the left wing, a, a, as you say, uh, once the jihad takes over or once the jihad wins, they will be the first to go, or, or the next they to will. go. I should, yeah, Jack Buckby, everybody. He is the press officer for the British Conservative Political Party, Liberty GB, the author of the new book, A Paradoxical Alliance. Always appreciate the visit here on the Salcedo Show. Thanks for having me on, Chris. You take care. 888 When we come back, I will get as much of Milk Mulvaney as I can. He is, of course, the... Uh, OMB director, the Office of Management and Budget, and we will um, pick apart the Trump budget, which the left-wingers are calling cruel and inhuman and and so mean. And what the president is basically saying is, well, uh, the taxpayers, those who pay the freight, need to start getting value for their money. Back in a minute, the Salcedo Show, here on The Blaze. The media wasn't ready for a conservative Latino, so naturally, we gave him a show. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. (laughs) 
You're listening to the Latino conservative, Chris Salcedo, on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, let me get as much as I possibly can get in here. Mick Mulvaney yesterday. And let's let's start off with uh, his, Larry Summers, who is uh, Barack Obama's, was Barack Obama's director of the economic, National Economic Council. Uh, the minute he heard about the Trump budget, he penned an op-ed or a bit of criticism, and Mick Mulvaney was asked about it. Did you hear what uh, this Obama freak uh, said about your budget? And Mick Mulvaney responded. It was classic. But, um, I, I did get a chance to just see the piece that Mr. Summers wrote on the way out the door, um, and I, I couldn't. Just, the ideas were rushing into my head what I might say to Larry if he were here, so if he's hiding in the back, now would be a good time for him to come out and identify himself. I went back and looked at some of the economic assumptions that the Obama administration made in its first couple of years. And I want to say, on a couple of different occasions, their assumed growth rate was more than 4.5%. Keep on. This is the first administration in history, okay? Uh, it was the first decade, the first to eight-year period in history, not to have a three percent growth rate. Yet. Now, I don't want to let that go, because remember, here's Barack Obama's team saying, "Oh yeah, the great, the great leftist leader, he's going to be in, and watch the economy soar." That was eight years ago, and Larry Summers is saying, "Oh yeah, our economy's going to go." Gangbusters, four percent growth. Count on it. Bank on it. Put my put my reputation, says Larry Summers, on it. We never hit three. President Obama was the first occupier of the Oval Office in an eight-year term never to reach three percent growth. And why? Because he was an effective leftist. He threw a. That's that's hard to do. Barack Obama worked very hard to harm America's economy, and he succeeded wildly. We were getting by at 1, 1.9%, fluctuating between there his entire occupation of the Oval Office. No growth. Zero growth. So here comes Larry Summers, who predicted four, never got, never got to three. Barely got, rarely got out of the ones. And then he has the temerity to criticize Donald Trump. To Larry Summers, screw you. Screw you. You have, you have no credibility your eight years your guy screwed us and you never delivered gee isn't that the bumper sticker for the democrat party screwing us and never delivering on your promises not to have a three percent growth rate yet they were promising us four and a half percent growth so if larry wants to talk about uh unreasonable assumptions we talk about my three percent growth rate and his four and a half and we'll talk about who actually is closer to reality Yes, yes. And then Mick Mulvaney says, hey, there is going to be a difference in this budget compared to past budgets. And this budget will actually take into account um, the people who are actually paying the bills. We looked at this budget through the eyes of the people who are actually paying the bills. I think for years and years, uh, we've simply looked at a budget in terms of the folks who are on the, the back end of the programs, the recipients of, of the taxpayer money. And we haven't spent nearly enough time focusing our attention on the people who pay the taxes. Um, I got a couple questions yesterday. I know I will today about compassion. <laughs> compassion needs to be on both sides of that equation. Yes, you have to have compassion for folks who are receiving the federal funds, but also you have to have compassion for the folks who are paying it. And that is one of the things that is new uh, about this president's budget. Can you imagine th- those who pay the freight 
it's new to consider them. It's, it's, it's new to actually say, well, you know what? These people who are giving up money from their own families should see some return on their investment. Now, there's a couple of questions in here I'm just not going to have time to get to from the basket of bias. Uh, one is uh, the OMB director, Mulvaney, on cuts to man-made global warming. <laughs> That's what they're, they're worried about, cuts to the, the, the investigation of man-made global warming. They're very concerned. And uh, Mulvaney, <laughs> Mulvaney says, we're not going to cut all the funding, but we're not. Well, you know, maybe I got time. Let, let you characterize the treatment of climate science programs and put cuts to those. And do you, do you describe those as a taxpayer waste? Um, you, you tell me. Um, I think the National Science Foundation last year used your taxpayer money to fund a climate change musical. <laughs> a climate change musical for the indoctrination, you see. For the indoctrination on taxpayers' money. This, this whole tone and tenor and I think we played this soundbite yesterday from Ben Carson. But it's so telling how accepted it has been just to bash on those who are paying the freight. Still, 50% of Americans who work hard and, do, and their families do without so the government leaders can keep themselves elected by gifting out their money to buy votes. And here's what Ben Carson said. You make $10 billion, you put in a billion. You make $10, you put in one. Of course, you got to get rid of the loopholes. But now, now some people say, they say, well, that's not fair because it doesn't hurt the guy who made $10 billion as much as the, the guy who made 10. Where does it say you have to hurt the guy? He just put a billion dollars in the pot. You know, we don't need to hurt him. You know, it's, it's that kind of thinking. It's that kind of thinking that has resulted in 602 banks in the Cayman Islands. That money needs to be back here, building our infrastructure and creating jobs. Damn right. That's going to do it, everybody, for the Chris Salcedo Show. Until we meet again tomorrow, remember, folks, a society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, and your money, too, but how much power is reserved for we the people. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern, on The Blaze. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network.